0: Walking into the Balenciaga headquarters and seeing this girl, you know, and she was wearing a mint green bra inside backless, low, low backless top. This was that idea of that muse woman. The
1: Louis Andreessen studying with him, you know, I, I, like you'd go to his house and you'd have like you'd have herbal tea and lemon bi- and lemon biscuits, yeah. And he was amazing.
2: Welcome to Continental Riffs a series of conversations between pairs of artists, makers and producers that considers Europe through a cultural lens. Objects and experiences chosen by the guests punctuate each episode as they consider ideas, observations and perhaps realisations that come to them through thinking about the continent of Europe. This edition's guests know each other for some years, as you will hear, both from Galway, in the west of Ireland as they'll talk about, they also share the formative experience of having been international students in their chosen fields. Joanne Hines is a fashion designer, visual artist and writer, while Junie Feeney is a composer, singer-songwriter, librettist and actor. When they met up in studio, Joanne and Julie started by recalling their meeting up in the first place before sharing their earliest awareness of Europe and the idea of there being somewhere else to go and to know. And then on to other things like languages, sources and subjects for their art, characters, fabrics, commedia dell'arte theatre, sounds and the senses, along
0: with adequacy and what it is to be Irish and abroad. I remember having a conversation, somebody saying, you need to meet Julie Feeney. Then we met, we finally met, you were like a vision well,
1: it was literally, you looked like the most fabulous All your
0: own clothes. It was just incredible. Because I feel like I know, I've known you much longer than that. Oh, a yeah. A long time. I think it must be the, the fact that we're both in similar industries in a sense. Well, we're both kind of working individually, let's just say. And then obviously the West of Ireland connections. So I think there was a lot of that. There's something about the sound of your voice as well, though. There's a familiarity there. Recently, we're
1: both developing our journeys or who we are as artists. You know, I'm moving a lot into theatre and you're Mm. moving into writing and you have also
0: performed, (laughs) which we did together. And just, I suppose, today's conversation.
1: I think the earliest memory I have about hearing anything about Europe, my father had a butter churn. He was extremely excited about it and very proud of it. Because for the first 11 years of my life, I had a lot of experience on the the farm. But distinctly remember a a fever. There was an intense fever and an excitement um, because farming in Ireland was hugely transformed. I didn't know what that was because I was obviously too young. So like maybe late 70s when they came in, the changes. But I did recently interview a lovely neighbour of mine in Galway. And he uh, told me that, yes, he said, oh, my goodness, it was it was it was a facelift. It was not even a facelift. It was total uh, rejuvenation of everything. And I had remembered that I felt that real excitement. It wasn't just the butter churning. Like I remember the butter being made, which is kind of unusual. Well, maybe it's Mm. not for other people, but because I think he was really excited about this and they all were. And I think I must have heard conversations it's just kind of like a lovely flash of something that you remember that was a really positive, mm-hmm. nice memory and a lovely feeling. I, I felt good if you have to th- really think through what is your relationship with Europe when I was uh, studying in 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 den uh I said in a t- talk I had to give and um, the Icebreaker, which is a really kind of famous venue for co- contemporary classical music and lots of lots of other types of music as well and I had to give a presentation as part of my studies at the Royal Conservatory. In the Hague, and uh, I had said, "Well, in Europe," and somebody put their hand. They're like, "But well, you not in Europe as well?" And I, I, I actually said, well, "But over in Europe, mm-hmm. you know," because I hadn't per- perceived at that stage. It's that like I was some,
0: somewhere working. over the over there, maybe at the time, I, I, I would relate to that. Of it, it being was, somewhere yeah. somewhere else, really. Yeah. Well, or I mean, feeling like that. I mean, my first experience of you know traveling outside of Ireland. Let's just say I I must have been thirteen or fourteen, and I remember I I could actually draw it. I remember in the kitchen, and my mother, she was I don't know what she was doing, it, but we're we're going we're going abroad, we're going on holidays, and of course it was it was a package holiday <laughs> to Majorca. You know, it wasn't a cultural holiday. I think that was. The first awareness, let's just say, of being somewhere else, you know, in terms of language and things like that. But I said goodbye to every room of the apartment when we left.
1: I still do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and you remember saying that? I remember about? that and the lo- there was a kind of a loss, a weird loss in that. But I'm a bit weird about things, I'm, I feel like that about objects anyway <laughs> and yes. places. Uh, and just even, you know, the last time I was in Madrid, I just, not that I've been to Madrid lots, I haven't. But just walking and experiencing a place and obviously it being a city, passing a corridor to somebody's apartment, let's just say. And I remember thinking this is so European, the corridor. I think I could relate to that. I can relate to that in Paris. You know, when we're walking through streets in European cities. You know, I'm sure people feel like that about Dublin in, in a different way. But the brass and the marble and they're triggers for Europe, for me anyway, you know, materials yes. can be. And
1: it's kind of, you know, kind of mean, coming back to that idea that, wow, does this alternative universe going on somewhere else?
0: And it's in Europe. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, I suppose, why first memory when I was asked to do this. That was the very first thing. And I suppose, I mean, there's lots of things you could say, you know, but it was it was more like my relationship with myself, you know, chronologically through my life, I Mm -hmm. could kind of relate that. I actually ended up doing it kind of chronologically the first time I was aware of Europe, you know, or being European.
1: I think for me, yes. Well, say my mother brought my brother and I to London when I was only like five or six, she wrote us twice actually. Lovely. And so that, in a sense, I was thinking, did did I think that that was Europe? Well, that was definitely another place, but it wasn't in the same way that mainland Europe (laughs) is. Mm -hmm. But that for me was massive. The bearskin hats in Buckingham Palace. I couldn't get those out of my head for ages. Mm, The the pigeons in Trafalgar Square and going to Madame Tussauds. I, I, I hadn't in my mind thought that that was Europe, but... Of course, obviously it was, but it was it was more like a, a side kind of thing. I'd heard a lot about it anyway, because my mother had studied in a university in England anyway. So I'd heard a lot of talk about England. Mm. She had a great time for English people and mm, mm. Uh, all of that. But so London would have been the first time over to somewhere else.
0: It's kind of somewhere so else. So it Very much so, you know, <coughs> aesthetically in, it, in so many ways. And I mean, I one of my objects or motifs was... The receipts and cuttings of cloths. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and, and actually, even looking at it, I can see it was 1999, and I think I was, you know, finishing a degree in Limerick. We we did the London Paris trip,
1: Oh. Okay. and that was
0: that was fantastic. And I'm looking at the at the notebook here and thinking we started in London, meant going to all the different stores, the, the fabric stores, let's just say, and begging for swatches. And obviously, it's documented here. But even looking at the design of their little kind of business cards. That, you know, th- if you could see this gallery this looks this you know, fabulous from Montmartre. Looks like yeah here. in relation to London which the design and the fonts are fabulous uh, and actually I have receipts and everything uh, you know handwritten receipts from date and um, time date and time I was kind of looking trying to get at something with fabrics all the time I kept going back to the same thing and I'm still trying to do it but I'm looking at a page here uh, so, for example, Epra Fabrics Limited and Rosansky's Trimming Merchants, you know, Stuart Gold Director, 57 Fashion Street, London, e one six px And then I've written down, so I'll remember for again, you know, they have zips in all different colours or they have netting at a really good price, which was, you know, 49 pence at the time. <laughs> so that was really great. Uh, you can buy as much as you, you need, you know, you can buy it off the roll. Because we were always trying to buy fabrications, by the roll. There's a lot of that. And then and then obviously we go from MP Silk Fabrics in Fashion Street in East London and then we're on to Paris in Montmartre, you know, trying to navigate my way around. And just wondering, how did I get here really? Not really <laughs> knowing where, where I was. Being in a city and not really actually knowing geographically where you are is kind of funny at that age. And I, I think I felt like, I feel like that quite a lot actually when I'm away. I'm terrible with, with maps and in general, with with where I am, you know, so I'm walking up, up, up the incline on that cobblestone, you know, going into each tissue store and left and right. Obviously, I had, you know, school French, but didn't really have French. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's something that's very, that feels very European
1: for me. Yes, it's it's interesting with the language. When I studied in the Royal Conservatory in The Hague sitting at a table in one of the like a post concert or something and a bunch of students and lecturers and composers and all that and uh, I had something came up about families or family names and I said oh my grandmother was Joyce and the whole table Mm. there was like 15 of them (laughs) all turned and stopped (laughs) <laughs> and I was like what are they looking at and they realised oh my god they're thinking of James Joyce, James Joyce. <laughs> and I of course uh, of course I'd love to think that I was related to James Joyce but they they actually because they didn't know a lot about where I came from they're mm. like oh maybe she's related to that was James Joyce it's brilliant. so funny but um, I think along with that just going back to your kind of language thing going to I studied also at IRCAM in Paris amazing it's just so amazing and I, I did have French I did I did first year French in college but I became much more aware of the Irish language, <laughs> uh, mm. and I like I really, as I've gone on more and more, I really, really, really appreciate being able to speak Irish, and I love speaking Irish, mm. and uh, I want my children, I want them, they're in you know, girls' school and all that. Mm, it, so that strengthened my 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 fighting for the learning, and I, I I want to learn more and more, and like I love I loved in school, I loved duil lima flaharta. It's the most beautiful. But Mm. I mean, some of those descriptions, I think in the Irish language, the way that they can describe feelings and beauty and nature, it's just such an absolutely gorgeous language. But I've definitely... In realising, I I got kind of shirty about this when I realised all the classmates, they could speak loads of languages, you know. And uh, I, yeah, I could speak a bit of French, um, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have a lot of other languages. But I definitely became more proud and more kind of, yeah, well, I can speak Irish, (laughs) my my own language, you know, which is probably the opposite way to what people sometimes feel, oh, like maybe it's backwards, but I actually feel it's much more important to me now as I've seen uh, that grow. And I think with the whole kind of the Joyce thing, mm. my identity, like, because it is interesting. Uh, we're, we are an island, like, and we're England in between and then there's mainland Europe. So in a way, geographically, it's it's no wonder we do feel kind of, uh,
0: oh, yeah, I'm European, mm. you know, and and, and so I saw how some people feel like that. I, I haven't lived in, in France or anything like that, but I, like London, again, was... You know, ni- you know, nineteen ninety nine and 2000, 2001 When I was in Saint Martin's, you know, I think in in Saint Martin's, I was just aware that I was Irish, and I felt really when, when I, you know, when I when I got there, and and actually, I I wasn't, I hadn't really figured it out. I think aesthetically, it was very strong for me, being from the west of Ireland. The research that I was looking at was very personal work, and then I suppose when I presented that, it was different. You know, I um. I kind of figured out, oh, this is my voice. It might not have been the Irish language, but my my Irishness, you know, I think a lot of creatives, we do do figure that out, but we're not really told. But we do carve that out for ourselves. But I I know even just on a daily basis, you know, communicating with friends that were, you know, that were from the UK, let's just say. And it might have just been my own relationship with myself. But I did feel slightly the, uh, uh, will we, we shall you know will will we will we go for a drink or is that that comes from the irish language you know it's maybe i wasn't aware of it until just mm-hmm. small little nuanced things like that small little things i get a little bit sad when i see people that lose their accent, <laughs> accents. Yes, or yes. But I guess that is, it does happen, you yeah. know, and in a sense to kind of almost survive and thrive and just flow. I can understand why that would happen yes. to people,
1: you know. It is. It, that's really interesting because I was signed by the head of Sony BMG in London. I spent a lot of time going back and over there. But in the music industry, like I was like, I don't want to be just classified as just like Irish singer, songwriter, Irish composer. I, I, I'm, I, you know, universal. Irish singer-songwriter, you know, you know, whatever. And, and I, I was like, but why do you have to say that? You know, that, that's what, what, how I was thinking at the time. I'm not hiding it, but I do remember, I do remember my accent slightly changing, not to English, but to more kind of, uh, less Gal- Galway than it is now. Mm. For a fact, it was. Um, and then also when I studied with Louis Andreessen, he's you know, one of the most famous composers in the world in the contemporary classical sphere and he kept he was sort of trying to get me to bring that side out and I was going what's he on about like does he why does he want to, to put bring out to the th- Irish yeah and, he, and, and side. you know in mm-hmm. that sort of world and that I, was, yeah and I remember I didn't quite really quite get it I mean I studied with them, but I think it's I suppose it's that thing where yes you can study with some seriously hot shot but you have to be in the right place artistically you have to have grown to a stage mm-hmm. where you can fully appreciate and take it all in mm. but uh, what he was saying then to me I, I just wasn't at the place where I could think about, oh, what's my irishness? Bring that out, you know. So do you think he was trying to, was it an
0: angle or, I'm sure he was, he wanted to get it out of you. He wanted to get in to that DNA of, Where you've come from, you know. I'm sure he didn't know himself. You might not have known either. But you see,
1: the uh, the funny thing is, like say in that presentation that one of the one the one that I was talking about, the presentation in Icebreaker uh, in Amsterdam, which in Amsterdam is so fabulous for (laughs) so many things. But um, I remember standing up, and I was quite. Intimidated at the time by mm. all these guys, there were, it, was, it was a lot mostly guys. That was the other thing. I, there weren't as many uh, females, females, but mm. um, they knew every single symphony and every single note of every. You know, they had an encyclopedic knowledge of things, and I just didn't. And I remember thinking, oh, actually, well, yeah, I'm Irish. I felt that I had a general a good uh, musical education in a general way but in a way that's good because then you can pull from different things Mm -hmm. but I remember standing up kind of going oh my God how am I going to do this but I stood up and because maybe that Irish thing of being able to talk, <laughs> <at the drop laughs> the improvisation, of the hat and the improvisation, they were all like laughing. and Everything I was like,
2: "What are they laughing oh, at?" Oh, that's now, wonderful. Yeah. Now do
1: they think I'm stupid? What? Hang on a minute. You know, but uh, so it's, there's, there's all this identity, and I think in the context of it being in Europe, it's it's interesting. Add into that underdeveloped like sense of self and who you are,
0: and suddenly, I completely get that. You I, know, but that's uh, wonderful. That's where all the magic happens. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I could say the same thing in London. I mean. I was not institutionalised, let's just say, when I got there, in a sense. If that yes. Is that the right word? It's exactly the same. And I think parallel, yeah. the, even the education, like studying and, you know, doing a BA in Ireland and just figuring that out. And again, fashion was over there. Mm-hmm. It was all over there, wherever Need to that was. We go to Europe. And I We were it looking again. outside, <laughs> exactly. So it was over there. It wasn't here. As an industry, let's just say, I well at the time at the fashion industry i don't mean textiles and heritage industry or craftsmanship i'm not talking about that the idea of fashion was was somewhere else but uh, i i i remember thinking i wasn't as polished mm-hmm. but that's just great you know because now it I wasn't for, form formalized and i think that's what they were looking for really yes. is is that it's funny <laughs> We
1: were being very hard on ourselves. I mean, the physical surroundings where you grow up and you, mm. your physicality mm. is very much determined by where you grow up. And we we live on an island. We might not feel that, but we kind of do. So it was no wonder that going over to Amsterdam or even even to Paris or and to London that you going to be different. Not not so much so uh, mm. not as much in London, but it's funny grappling that we did because we're part of this thing, but in lots of ways we're mm. completely different because that that whole thing again, you know. Louis Andreessen, studying with him, you know, I, I, like you'd go to his house and you'd have, he had like, you'd have herbal tea and lemon and lemon, oh. <laughs> lemon biscuits. Yeah, and he was amazing. But over there, everybody knew who he was. Like he was a star. That's he was like lovely. a pop star. Yeah. Like so here, I remember thinking at the time, would people know, would everyone know who Gerald Barry is? You know, a credible composer, uh, Irish composer. Um, mm. Over there, I did feel, look, these guys, they all, they just know more, you know, or they know they have a more cultivated uh, environment. But I think for artists, then it's good because then we can actually sprout up and
0: mm. be
1: our own individual selves. Oh, I agree.
0: I mean, I remember looking back as well at London, you know, with Louise Wilson. And again, like that, uh, she was, you know, the course director of the MA course. She loved the grit of the Irish, you know, mm. I, I remember being so proud of that. That was actually a moment. I think that I understood what she meant. I, I got that. I could see that in myself and I could see it in others, in the way I was approaching things and how I wanted things to be. There was something lovely and wild about the the, pro- the process of the way that I was kind of working, let's just say. And I think that that wildness was very attractive creatively in that kind of field. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, structurally, it was about kind of, and I suppose you could relate it to music or language or anything, playing with structure and playing yeah. with
1: she elicited this from you because that's interesting because in my kind of thing I, I do remember I mean I, I was in London and there was a bunch of uh, academics in, in the music academia world but they couldn't quite mm. place it uh, it seems it'd either be one or the other like sort of like you're really strong and gritty or you're a bit naive and silly you know what I mean mm. and, and now this is again Speaking from the student mind of the perception of how
0: yeah, just to remember we were students, yeah, so we were we how, weren't
1: yeah, and how how are they thinking? But well, I know for a fact they definitely they couldn't quite get me to I couldn't I didn't really fit into their kind of mould. That along with the fact then that it's European were Irish, but we're European, like you know that's it's very it's it's hard to grapple with. It's, it's hard to find
0: a, a ground there for yourself. I agree, I agree, yeah. and and then that is the very ground, isn't it? Yeah, that's what's great about it. Yeah. is that it's it's right there in front but of us. But it's funny
1: how it takes you so. It's early stages. It's very hard though, and you're kind of where do I fit in here? My goodness. Yeah,
0: I um, think now
1: because of the kind of globalization of everything as artists, it's more and more they're going through the same things. You know, of who I am, who am I, and all of that. It's more important to strengthen who. Who you are and go against whatever the social media latest thing is. You know, just oh
0: totally, find totally. your own, uh, your yeah, own route. Should. And a lot of the time, it's kind of right in front of you. Mm. I, I go, I you know, I always say to students, it's it's right in front of you, kind of thing. And I, it's lovely that you picked the butter churn as a kind of a start. I mean, I could have picked, you know, very definite objects that were aesthetically kind of quite pleasing. But it was more, I didn't want to start with an aesthetic. It was more like a feeling or something in my brain that mm-hmm. just went, aha, oh, this registers. The Versace Medusa door in Milan in 2001. I mean, it was, it was, it wasn't a great experience, I would say. You know, I did an interview. We were, we, you know, there was three of us flown over from London, from St. Martin's to interview. And, I, you know, I had this huge nylon suitcase with me. All <laughs> oh, right, and direct. You know, I remember bringing that over. But that were two of my two motifs that kind of triggered my relationship again. Europe. You know, with being your being Irish um, really in 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 Europe. Uh, if that makes sense. Oh yeah, so you're the Irish. Um, and then there's the
1: suitcase and the Medusa door. Three. Separate all of things that. Almost. Yeah, I'm
0: kind of going back to that time again. And I what about the Medusa door? Well, for me, I, I, like I understand why the fashion house, you know, would choose a Medusa because it's this kind of Greek mythological character, and mm-hmm. she's, you know, this empowered character, and then you know, there's there's a whole history behind it. I I don't entirely remember what it looked like, but I just remember that that mm-hmm. that, that it was it was so impactful and and kind of almost quite scary. In a sense.
1: Well, the Medusa, so <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> no, just laughing at something. I I took to, took to taking to reading Greek. The stories to my oh, two girls during the pandemic because mm. we were all <laughs> things to do but my the the eldest one she uh, w- wouldn't eat pasta for a while because it reminded her of the Medusa every time every time now I, I hear wow. anything about it I start laughing yeah it was probably scaring her yeah <laughs> she probably be scared wow. mm. but um Yes, we've talked a lot about identity and trying to find Mm. who we were Mm. as artists and as Mm. people, like uh, through student days, because we know everything about ourselves now, we're all sorted. (laughs) It's great, we know everything. But uh, this chat is just making me, I just want to go and bask in some of those incredible places, you know, the galleries and everything. I'm just thinking
0: of Mm. the places in Paris and Italy. I need to be in the right headspace to experience things. Uh, Ah, and, And, you know, I had that experience recently where I was in again in in madrid but where i was reading a book there was two people beside me speaking in spanish and i just had a moment to myself where i was completely able to absorb what i was reading i just heard these lovely sounds mm. i'm having yes. i'm having this love be- this moment and i'm experiencing their language just listening to it without actually having to think about what it is they're saying but i knew but then you're calling on body language then Calling on I, eye contact, and I'm observe. I love that idea of observing people and not knowing what they're saying. So, that was one of my uh, objects to bring to today, you know, that the, the idea of reading a book mm-hmm. abroad.
1: Well, in a that's place. really straight away, when you say that, I remember being on the Camino, I've done two long stretches of the Camino. But I remember, just as you said about reading the book, there's some parts of it where the landscape looks very like Ireland and the Gorgeous. people look like. Irish people, but they're speaking a completely different language, and they've they've almost completely different body language. And the place looks different; it's mm. beautiful, um, but it's like kind of going back in time as well. And I, I mm. had that exact moment. It's like you're liberated from from yourself, all the other uh, from yourself, mm. and from all the other things you have to do. Mm. You can just be. That's kind of like we did when I pulled you into the Camerata Lartì, which is a very. It has, has its origins in Europe, in, in Italy, um, even though we've learned it from Annie Ryan here in mm. Dublin and she's come via Chicago, which is really interesting. But the whole study of character, it's very, quite similar to being on the, the Camino and you're seeing a woman. You should see these people. Oh, my God. And it's like they're re- like really small towns, mm. beautiful buildings. Those characters that I saw are very similar to the characters we were trying to mine from ourselves when we did mm. the. And it is that, it's just that one thing, the sound of a voice or the smell. Like for me, it was the air that I felt the air. It's, it's, sen-
0: it's on a sensory level, I think. Despite nerves and all of that. I, I went, I went to, to go to experience, to sit and watch and absorb and listen. <laughs> because I wanted to understand more about character and, and, and in terms of writing. And, and just, I was amazed that, you know, you were, you were doing, you were there and the actors were there. And just these vessels that just let this flow through them and actually interesting Annie has all these costumes and rails and rails and she calls some of them they're just dirty costumes which is brilliant some of them are so old and wigs and you really let's just say that you allowed Years of absorbing.
1: Well, I think like going back to when, like we're talking about the student days and not knowing who you are and for me for a while, mm. my accent was a little bit different, I'm confessing. Uh, it's probably like, you know. We forgive was, you. Yeah, but no, definitely. And loads of people do that. And um, But the complete opposite of that is doing commedia dell'arte character mm. um, which for me, I was definitely challenging, channeling people from my life. And like even that, there was one particular woman that was in uh, north, west of of Spain and when we were on the way into Santiago, who was just exactly like the character that I act, acted. One of the characters, you know, the crazy woman that was... <laughs> she was uh, oh. a mom, but also an aspiring, I suppose you could say social climber, but I don't like th- social climber. Th- What's the but word? Yeah, mm. she was definitely... Trying to climb up uh, a, b- a bettered person, her her mm. idea of what a better person was. But that but but that's the almost not full circle, but the opposite of it is appreciating that woman that I saw in the north of Spain. And mm. actually, she's very similar. She would be exactly the same. Throw on a, a pair of slippers on her and the pearls and the mm. suit because she mm. was getting oh, ready to go out.
0: I you know when you you know when you're traveling around Europe again, mm. uh, and I love looking at. The older women, the older older people in general. Let's yes, just say, fascinating. Yeah, you know, it's fasc- You know, I love the the way they present themselves, the the pearls and the hair and the lipstick and you know the cardigan and you know and and that is the thing. It's like reading the book abroad. It's being in that mm-hmm. moment where you're you're capturing that awareness.
1: One one of my objects were, were, that that I picked were were actually smelly socks. Because uh, I regularly went over <laughs> on the bus to Holland. Like I can stay up all night mm-hmm. orchestrating. Uh, once I stayed up, I think, six mm-hmm. nights in a row uh, for uh, it's for the Ulster Orchestra. Um, so I have no problem staying up late. But this, like when you're traveling like that over to Holland, it's really, really horrible if you're going by bus. But That's what I was doing when I was a student. But uh, you'd go uh, and the smelly socks bit is basically there was invariably an individual with a mm-hmm. pair of smelly mm-hmm. socks. Mm-hmm. They take their shoes off that characterises those journeys for me very much so. That's brilliant. Along with the really, really like horrible feeling when you get out with like no sleep in London, uh, but then the, you were fueled with a bit of excitement. Yeah. You know that idea,
0: like I know that idea as well of travelling and being tired and working, yes. you know. Scratching something on a page you in know, the back it, of the bus. Yeah, there's, there's, <laughs> yeah. There's, wor- there's work to be done, but then there's also ideas to be, fleshed out and, and yeah. it is raw you're kind of different experience isn't it well uh, it is because
1: really the best ideas that you have anyway are the ones that they just fall try, into they, your because they're, they are the yeah. ideas they, they mm. come up to the top Like mm. so they're the ones that you're going to use and I'm actually sad now about London it's, for me just the whole London thing I mean it was such a glistening gleaming Place, you know, always, and Are you feel yes, different
0: about that now? I, no,
1: it's just that I, 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 think I held London in a in a higher place in my mind. I did go to London, and uh, uh, I brought my two girls, and we went to the museums, and the, the place it's just, it's just a fabulous place. But I do remember thinking, oh, it's okay, it's, it's, you know, it's still fabulous. You know, <laughs> it's, it's a very complex issue, of course. I wasn't really expecting in mm-hmm. my my world where i have all my things that i that it's i like in those control, places our, and out of our
0: control yeah and, and this obviously. is this is
1: totally out of our our control yeah so there is a bit of a sadness there like i would have liked
0: it to be part of europe effectively but it's still a fabulous place Uh, So food, food, baguettes, lemon biscuits and lemon tea. I I picked the
1: objects based kind of more on the ideas or the memories. And the last person to ask about food because I half the time forget to eat. It's funny that I have picked Mm. food items. Mm. The baguettes was we went on a camping trip to France when I was a child. And this was a huge event because the craziness and the madness and the fabulousness of Paris, for example. It was a huge, you know, going around the Arc de Triomphe car like was it, five or six children in the in the back of it, you know, and you know that what it's like because there, no, there are no lanes. I don't know if it's like that now, but when we came back, I remember my father kept seeing baguettes everywhere. Like when you see a lorry with sticks out of the back of it, he. <laughs> had This funny thing about baguettes because, like, we thought these baguettes were were brilliant. Like, are many? It's,
0: I suppose it's sensory again, and it's funny what comes to the surface, isn't it? It is sensory, you know, yeah. In our stockpile of memories or, you know, memory bank. It's linking up to the sound of a voice. It's all sensory. Oh, it I Those think are so. the things
1: I think that help you navigate if you're developing as an artist.
0: Mm, I totally agree.
2: Before their continental rifts end, contributors are asked to nominate in particular one object that for them catches the essence of Europe.
0: I would pick a perfume bottle. I think, again, I relate that back to character because for me, and again, we're back to our smells again. It's For me, it's accessing a character. We talked about pearls and European women and characters, Comedia Dellarte, But there's a nice little kind of thread through that. When I think about perfume, I think about travelling with my mother to, York, you know, when we were younger, I love that whole play with the idea of perfume being aspirational, you know, and this, I I have this kind of like memory of doing an interview, you know, with Balenciaga years ago and walking into the Balenciaga headquarters and seeing this girl, you know, and she was wearing a mint green bra inside backless, low, low backless top. This was 2001. I was very aware of that idea of that muse woman and it wasn't me it was some, It was somebody else, it was aspirational I think I, ha- I, I might have had an idea of Europe which has slightly changed you know changing all the time that aspirational idea of of something else um, and definitely in terms of character and in terms of aesthetic and, and, and actually just to say the perfume bottles that I collected, some of the names are Absolutely brilliant. There was there was a Ulysses, and there was you know, and and, and a lot of them are targeted at women and how to be you know how to yes. be a woman. I think that's really or fascinating. How we want <laughs> a woman to be. You know, this kind of and and maybe it links back in some way to the Medusa door handle. That idea of being mm. a, being how to be a person. I think that was something that we've that I've very much been aware of. we've been fed, mm-hmm. and, and especially within within fashion. Yes, uh, as a European. That's amazing. It's it's very mm. Joanne
1: Hines as well. It fits perfectly, I think. Mine, funny enough, the, like, <laughs> doing this with you, my friend, who's also Joanne Hines. <laughs> what? I, it, weirdly, I didn't think I would, but, but I'd put the smelly socks for me. Because actually, for me, Europe represents expression. Uh, I've studied so much and immersed... I've been immersed in so many different things in Europe, or either mm. through the art forms from Europe or from mainland Europe, um, or from my experiences and as a performer performing all around Europe, or as a student, or just as a spectator, just watching. For me, as an artist, smelly socks. I mean, it's it's basically represents kind of the strife that you need that mm. you invariably have, like at whatever stage in your life, whether it's the the wandering. Uh, a student desperately trying to find an identity for themselves and for their art that they're going to make, or if it's like an artist at a later stage in life trying to juggle f- family life, and it's a bit, the smelly socks sums it up because you're making this, your your desire is to make this ideally beautiful piece of art, or whatever it is. For mm. me, if it's a composition or a theatre show or mm. an album or whatever, the smelly socks is what kind of goes on behind it. The guy in the bus when I'm traveling to to Europe to study, but. It's, it, it is really kind of where, where I'm at. You know, you're trying to make incredible beauty, but there's incredible uncertainty behind all of that. And, and some of that you actually need mm-hmm. to propel you on. And I think Europe is such a beacon of creativity for me. I think that's why I put Smelly Socks in there. Brilliant. I, I should be saying something much more fashionable and, and no, nice. No, no. But I it's I actually for me, it's exactly kind of where I am. A bit hopeful as well. Very, very human. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think so. Using your
1: imagination, I think. Mm -hmm. And if I was to go from that day that I first... Met you uh, when you looked like an absolute vision, and I was like, "Run hands. If I now, now think that I'm actually saying that I would put a pair of smelly socks, I have no inhibitions about that now. Mm-hmm. I'm much more saying, "Yes, this is where I am as an artist." I'm talking about the whole idea of strife, which is you always there, usually always there. That's
0: difficult, but it's actually a little bit necessary, and it's just the way that it is. Oh, it totally is, and we like, you know, it's constantly there. It's about handling it as well. It's not possible to put yourself out there without it. Yeah. you know, and, 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 and it's funny and again what the, what that's what I had said earlier about the trigger of the start of the conversation of what it means to be European. Mm-hmm. I was that earlier self, that earlier girl. Yeah. That girl that arrived, you know, let's just say the pathway London onto yes. Milan, you know, doing an, an interview, essentially will always be that, but very aware of 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 that at that at that time. And that that signifies Europe for me my memory of, of, uh-huh. of, of it of being aware of it arriving somewhere really arriving somewhere that's somewhere else somewhere else
2: you've been listening to an edition of RT Radio's Continental Riffs with contributors Joanne Hines and Julie Feeney on the next edition architect Andrew Clancy and actor Killian Murphy and of course do check out for further episodes of Continental Riffs on RT Radio 1 and wherever you get your podcast the Ingherduelle, Welsh for clean and the Thank you for listening.